Hello, everyone, and welcome to Ain't That the Tooth, a podcast by the South Florida District Dental Association, where we take you into the lives of our members and their perspective on all kinds of topics in and out of dentistry. I'm your host, Yolanda Marrero. Today, we are happy to welcome Dr. Amrita Patel. Dr. Patel graduated from New York University College of Dentistry in 2011 and completed her residency at the Nassau University Medical Center. She is a general dentist in private practice with her father and the dentist, Dr. Rohit Patel, in Westchester County, New York. She chaired the New York State Dental Association New Dentist Committee and served as the new dentist representative on the ADA's Council on Dental Benefit Plans for 2021. She is also among the recipients of the 2021 ADA 10 Under 10 Awards. So, Dr. Patel, welcome. Thank you so much for having me. We're so excited to talk about this topic because it seems to be something that we all suffer from, whether you're a dentist, whether you're an executive director like I am. It's just something that we live with these days, probably more so than in the past. But what really brought me to to ask you to come on the podcast was I did read your article in Dental Economics and your take on wearing exhaustion like a badge of honor. That really hit home. I feel sometimes that we've been conditioned to be achieving all of the time. So what do you think about that? Yeah, thank you. I definitely agree. You know, I think we've all been stuck behind a screen for the last three years um, for large amounts of time because of the pandemic. And so it becomes really easy to get caught in this trap of I'm not doing enough because all I'm doing is comparing myself to what I see. And I think that when you're chasing something that's often a fantasy or a facade, there's a sense of never being good enough and also look at everything I'm doing. And it's a really hard thing to balance. And then you often find yourselves right in the middle of drowning. Oh, yeah, definitely. I And I agree with you on that whole thing about I'm not doing enough. And you're, con- at least I'm not saying you are, but I think many people, myself included, compare yourselves to what somebody else is doing. Yeah. Uh, you know, yep, yep. how far There's they no come. Exactly. And there's no there's no peace in that. And, you know, what prompted me to write that um, article for dental economics is that I was I was guilty of it. And I, I sat there and, you know, I think I talk about it in the article. I very much had a moment where I realized I'd overcommitted and I was going to be in, I was supposed to be in four places at once. And I'm pretty organized and, and I'm pretty good at delegating. And I just sat there and said, why am I doing this for what? Um, and also concurrently had this huge sense of exhaustion and realized that I was running around trying to do everything because I had to be the one to do it all. And I had to be on all the time. And you don't, you really you don't. don't. Yeah. I, I'm curious about the the use of the word had, because I've, I myself do that. It's like, if somebody says, well, why don't you let somebody else do it? I'm like, well, no, I'm the only one that can do that. And I, I find every reason why I'm the one that's responsible for that. And I'm sure that every reason why is it's not true. Somebody else can handle this. Yes. And, yeah. In particular with family, which is one of the big stressors in our lives. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you know, it's hard to 
it's hard to keep your sense of focus and direction and purpose when you're trying to go at things alone. And one of the things that I find myself talking to a lot of dental students about is how it truly does take a village. And if you kind of sit and think about who your supporting cast of characters are, no matter what place you're at in your life, they exist. And whether it's your team members, your, uh, fellow students, the people that are involved with you in your organizations, your staff, um, my employees, whoever it is, and even sometimes friends and family, there really is a whole group of people that hopefully positively bolsters you along your way. Um, but you have to let them. You yeah. have to let them. Yeah, you absolutely do. And that that whole objective of bolstering you. And you know who will and you know who won't. So don't stress yourself asking someone you know you're not going to get a response yeah. from. I, I find that that happens a lot. Personal life, it happens in the work life, too. You know, there are, you can be in a situation where your fellow, co your co-worker, it doesn't really do everything they should be doing. And then you find yourself picking up that slack. And you're almost afraid to say, hey, I need for you to focus on this task because I can't do this and do my job as well. And you don't mm -hmm. want to create a problem. So how do you go about trying to fix that? Yeah, so I can speak from personal experience. You know, in our offices, we have made positions redundant and systems for doing things. And so no matter who's doing something, there is a somewhat predetermined way to do it. And anyone that deviates off of that, they're not getting to the end result. You know, whether it's making a new patient appointment, getting someone to say yes to a treatment plan, everyone is sort of trained to to be able to step in and handle things in case someone's out. That's what sort of saved us, especially as people get sick, as people transit from one career path to another. The redundancy of the systems has definitely helped. Oh, I, I that's interesting because I know that a lot of people can really uh, get, this is a pearl of information. If you create a system where everybody has their position and that's part of the well-oiled machine, then you know that things are going to get done and you may not have to have to be the one that's running the whole thing and, you know, fixing the problems while you're trying to do your job. So I, that's a great... Yeah, and, you know, I, I give this... I give this analogy to, you know, if, if you in Florida, in South Florida, go to get a quesadilla from Chipotle and I go to get one up here in Metro New York City, no matter if it's a 65 year old or a 25 year old that's making my quesadilla in South Florida or New York, we're getting the same quesadilla. <laughs> right. Why? There's a system. There's right. System. And so you're, you're eliminating the emotions out of the system and at the end of the day, we're here to take the best care of our patients. And some parts of this have to be automated in that way to yeah, get the best do. result. They do. Sometimes, and you kind of alluded to this a, a little bit before, outside forces can create stressors that has nothing to do with the work you're doing. I mean, not even have anything to do with your personal life, but somebody else's issues can come in into your world and create stress problems, again, put you in a position where now you're picking up slack. What has been your experience with that? Yeah, you know, and it's something that we all deal with, again, no matter how well you have things laid out, I think it's important to maintain boundaries. And boundaries are something that are difficult when you start to get 
personally or emotionally invested in something, whether it's your work or with a friend or, you know, even with your your um, personal relationships. And I think, you know, that kind of notion of leaving things at the door. I mean, it's we're human. It's hard to leave things at the door, but you have to be able to say, you know, I've given my of myself to this and now it's time to give of myself to this. And this is an ever evolving process. Even for me, boundaries are hard. You know, we want to be there for everyone. We want to take on everyone else's issues. We're caretakers by nature and by profession. That's why we chose to do what we do. Um, even for you, you take care of all of the dentists down there. I mean, it's got to be constant. It's got to be a lot, but there has to be a boundary. There yeah. has to be. Yeah, and I agree with you on that, Leave leaving things at the door. One thing that I've kind of trained myself to do is while I'm at work, what's happening in my, I'm taking a break from what's happening in my life. So I kind of leave that problem out there because now that's my break. I'm dealing with the work issue and vice versa. You know, Mm -hmm. when I'm home, I try not to bring the work home with me. And Mm -hmm. and so you make that split so that, you know, work-life balance, I don't know if you can really call it that because, you know, that's a different kind of theme. But it's just balancing yourself so that you're focused and you're on what you're doing at the time you're doing it. Right. And, you know, I think we talk a lot and work-life balance has been talked over and out at this point. Um, I think personally for me, and again, when I interact with other dentists at different points in their career, it's about finding peace, right? And finding peace in whether it's your work, in the fact that there's an issue going on, but you'll get to it later. I mean, that's okay. Um, And you have to be able to be okay with that. And again, these are that article and a lot of the conversations I've had subsequent to that came from my own struggles. And that was definitely a big issue for me. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to circle back a little bit to yeah. wearing exhaustion like a badge of honor. And I, I want to go back to that because I, I see it not only in myself, but I see it in other people, even in just your, your run into your friends. And what's the first thing out of your mouth is all the stuff you're doing doing. It's not like, hey, I'm having this great time, or I've, I found this absolutely amazing restaurant. It's like, oh, let me tell you all the stuff that's going on. It, why do we do that? It's just crazy. I think it is fueled by this perception that we're not enough, even though we seem like we feel like we're doing it all. And in moments like that, one of the things that I do that's been a really helpful exercise when I start to get to that point is I take an eight by 11 piece of paper. I fold it in half long ways. On the left side of the paper, I write down literally everything I'm doing in that moment from the little things that seem silly to the big things that are are you know big and impactful in my life. And on the right side, I write down a person or a group or a process that could be doing that better than I could. Um, And for me, it's really helpful to say, all right, this is what's making me feel this way. And this is who could be doing it better than me. For me, I can't stand doing laundry. It just gives me so much anxiety. And I was like, why am I beating myself up over what I can drop off at 95 cents for wash and fold? Because I'm a New York City girl. And that's what I did for, you know, all of undergrad dental school. So you know, everyone's hangups and everyone's stressors are different. And I think organizing yourself in a way to optimize your efficiency and mental peace is the best way you can equip yourself to quit doing that. I'm so tired because I'm doing all of these things like a badge of honor. It's not something to be proud of. And oftentimes the people that you see, whether it's social media, 
whether it's on a podcast that you hear, um, on a screen. I mean, even me, right? I we don't have it all together all the time, but that's okay. Yeah, and I've learned to to look at uh, you know your Facebook feeds and things of your friends and and relatives and realize you know these are the highlights. You know, nobody puts <laughs> the lowlights in there. And uh, and even even I've kind of dropped out from putting in the highlights. I figure, you know, honestly, who cares? And right. you know, as far as I'm concerned, as long as I'm good with it, I don't need to to tell the world. But you know, we do we we see it a lot. We see people that unfortunately live their lives based on these uh, influencers rather than you know creating your own rhythm and your own influence in your life. Definitely. We're coming to the, you know, we're in the holidays right now, which adds another level of stress to the already crazies that are going on. But I find that people do realize that they're that they're dealing with more than they should. And this is where you start to see, well, next year, I'm going to get organized. I'm going to, you know, create my list of ambitious goals, which we all know are trashed within the first two or three weeks of the new year, <laughs> you know, how can we get away from that? You know, how do we just accept what we are and uh, make peace with it? Um, I think it comes a lot from your mentality about how you look at yourself and how you look at the world. So I'll speak from personal experience. For a long time, I thought that there was something wrong with me because I wasn't married and I didn't have children. And being a an an Indian girl whose parents were not born in this country um, and immigrated here in the 70s for school, like so many of our parents did, there was an immense amount of pressure placed on all of us for that. Um, intensified at the holiday season, because that's when you're getting together. And it's like, who are you seeing? Who is engaged? Who's the, who is the new baby? And I was always the one. And for me, finding the peace, and I haven't found my partner yet, is when I, when I ended up finding him. Um, and but it did definitely come from some sort of peace and acceptance that, you know what, I'm going to walk into this stressful situation because there's going to be a million family members asking me all these questions. It is okay. And that doesn't disturb my, my, the peace I have made with my decision to be alone right now or to be in a relationship right now. Um, that took years, years and years and years in terms of, you know, making to-do lists and trashing them. I'm literally sitting here with my little <laughs> to-do list book uh, next to me. What's helpful for me is that I have a, a daily list that are things that I'm fairly sure I'm going to get done within a day because it's a deadline or because something's coming up. I had this podcast on the list. I have a, a monthly list, some of which is aspirational, and then I have a yearly list. And I have realized that it's okay to have some things on there be aspirations. And if I don't cross everything off, I have found peace in that and knowing that I did my best and that's all I can do. And worst case scenario, I can put it on next month's list. And that's okay. Yeah, it's it's being forgiving with yourself. I think yes. that's where we should all start, you know, forgive yourself yeah. for that. Yeah. You know, I, I we, are, we are probably our worst critics. And yes. after listening to you, I, I realize, you know, there's some things you can let go of, you can just, yeah. you know, relax, because it'll yeah. get done one way or another. And if it doesn't get done, it, it may not mean anything. <laughs> you know, sometimes Correct. I think we stress, uh, we try to put meaning to something that really, meaning and value that really isn't there. No. Correct. Exactly.
Bank of America Practice Solutions, an FDA Crown Savings Benefit Partner, is proud to be a sponsor of the South Florida District Dental Association. They are happy to provide their skills and services to the dental industry. Focusing on first-time practice startups and acquisitions, established practice models, expansion, debt refinances, and commercial real estate. Whether you own a practice or are just getting started, Bank of America Practice Solutions can provide customized financial help for your short-term needs and long-term aspirations. Please visit bankofamerica.com or call 1-800-497-6076 to see which program is right for you. Service Tree Merchant Services help dental practice owners eliminate the hassles and headaches of payment processing by allowing the patient to pay from anywhere in the office using any form of contactless payment from Apple Pay, Samsung Pay, tap and pay cards, and even text to pay. They help dental offices reduce the cost of credit card acceptance and improve the patient experience at the point of payment. Service Tree Merchant Services can also help eliminate the need to send paper statements for balances owed and reduce collection calls and the expense of using collection services. They do this by automatically charging a card on file when a balance is owed. Call and request a free rate comparison to learn how much you can save on your credit card processing fees. The best part is that they don't have contracts and provide the newest hardware free without leases or rental charges. Call Adam today at 866 9444 information that is good not only for the dentist and the everyday practice, but I think it's good for everybody who listens uh, to our podcast. I think that you, you know, you've hit a lot of uh, things, a lot of uh, issues where we are basically so inwardly looking that, you know, we're missing out on a lot, wouldn't you say? Yeah, I think so too. You know, I think like you said, we're, we're our own worst critics. We tend to judge ourselves the most, the worst in the worst way possible. Um, and so sometimes even accepting praise or acknowledgement is hard when you're beating yourself up on the inside. And I think this is one of the problems with constantly comparing yourselves to others. And it's sort of what's forced me to be a lot more vulnerable and honest, especially when I speak to others. Because the perception is, is that everything is great. Everything is great. Everything is great. And then learning to accept compliments and praise when behind that, everything is great facade. I'm sitting there saying, well, no, it's not. No, it's not. No, it's not. That was a hard, it's a hard, it's a hard balance. And it's, it's hard to not have imposter syndrome, which I also hear from a lot of dentists and, and thinking that you don't deserve the praise or that, you know, you don't deserve the, the um, accolades and the, the, the positive uh, reinforcement that you get. But Again, I think this all kind of comes down to to finding your peace. And, you know, one of the things that I think we have to let go of 
is the concept of work-life balance. <laughs> Sometimes there is no balance, but there's peace in that. You know, we're at the end of the year. We're not open for that many days in our practices. I know it's going to be crazy. I know that it's probably not going to be balanced. And I know that I'm going to be driving home on the phone with my partner exhausted, but I get that. I know that that's what's coming. I've equipped myself the best I can. And I know that there's an end point when I get on a plane to Maui in 10 days and that's it till 2023. <laughs> so <laughs> that's, you know, for me, that's kind of, there, there isn't always balance, but striving to attain balance and then comparing that to what I see on Instagram is definitely not the way you're going to find any peace in anything. No, no, absolutely. I, I find it interesting the way you refer to work-life balance now. It really isn't, there isn't a formula. It's really um, how you just adjust yourself so that, Correct. you know, these things happen without stressing you out. You know that this is coming. You know, mm -hmm. you know that, like you said, you know your office is going to be closed a few more days than usual. You know you're going to be cra crazy busy. But you prepare for that, and then it doesn't affect you as much. It doesn't catch you off guard or by surprise. No. And your vulnerability that you're talking about, I find that to be a strength. I don't think people realize that in being being vulnerable, you are actually being strong. And you're opening yourself, and it kind of takes a lot of the stress away. Yep. It's a lot easier to live your truth than to constantly, exhaustingly maintain a facade. You know, in the professional world, in our dental circles, for someone, you know, a younger professional in their 20s or 30s, one of the first questions we get asked in social situations is, how's the husband or how's the wife? How are the kids? And I was always the one looking at my feet thinking, please don't ask me. Please don't ask me. Can I shrink into a corner of the room? What do I have to do so I don't ask this question? And my coping mechanism, my facade was, well, I'm going to wear really cool outfits and really fun shoes. And so you're going to ask me where I bought my shoes from. And you're not going to ask me about the fact that I don't have kids. And so when I tell you, oh, I don't have any children, you know, your face isn't going to fall and you're suddenly going to kind of walk away. And this was what I was putting on myself. And at some point I said, this is exhausting. Okay. I didn't meet someone earlier on. And so I don't have children yet. It's okay. I can say that. And that's yeah. my truth. And I've just found it's a lot easier to live your truth. Absolutely. And, you know, I find sometimes that people just don't know what questions to ask anyway. And, uh, you know, you're looking for conversation starters. So you kind of start with whatever's happening in your own life. So um, I've learned to, to forgive all of that as uh, a mother of, of, you know, one child who is already an older person. I don't want to, I'm going to throw her under the bus. But there was a point where all of her friends were married, some of them having children. She wasn't at that point in her life. And I realized, uh, you know, I'm not, I don't want to be the one to be like, when are you getting married? When are, I want grandkids. I want this. Why add that to somebody's life? Why why put that into the mix of things? Right. You know, so so yeah, you know, you need to kind of gauge where people's questions are coming from, and again, prepare yourself so that it doesn't bother you. It doesn't change who you are or how you're living your life. Nope, nope. You never you never lose by living your truth. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm going to ask you a question, which I normally ask at the top of the interview or the, the conversation. And how did you become uh, to be a dentist? What was it? What was your inspiration? 
So I'm blessed enough to be able to work with my father. So he, he was it. Uh, I had kicked around the idea of medical school when I was younger. And he, I remember he looked at me and said, well, I have a job and a career waiting for you with a lot of security so you can make your choices, but you know, kind of here they are. And I really didn't know what I was getting myself into. I was not the kid that came and shadowed her father. I did not hang out at the office or work the front desk or do what so many other people do. I had no clue. Um, I think my first full day in the office was, was after I got my license in, in 2012, but um, that was my, that was my path. And do you enjoy working with your father? I do. We have a few offices, so we're only together one day a week when we're both in town. Mm. Um, the beginning, it wasn't that way. But as we grew and expanded now, um, I do have a lot more autonomy than I did. Um, we do have a group of associates that works with us. We try our hardest to intentionally bring on the newer, younger members of our profession because we think it's important to to kind of give back. You know, my, my dad tells the story that someone gave him a chance all those years ago when he got to this country and that it's important for him to give other people a chance to. Yeah. You know, we've had other uh, doctors on the show who are working with their parents and their stories are all just, they're very different, but they're all positive. And, Mm -hmm. and it's, it's a nice, it's nice to hear that because not very many people can work with a parent and uh, but it's in the case of all of the people I've talked to who work with their uh, father or mother dentists, they have a great relationship and do enjoy it so much. And there's and, mm-hmm. and like you said, he gives you space to do what you need to do. And mm-hmm. and that's what I hear from others as well. Yeah. Yeah. So it's been very nice. Well, I'm really happy that you were able to come on today. I know that you have a busy schedule and that you're leaving for Maui, right? Next week. <laughs> so you're spending the holidays away. So, uh, Well, I'm going to be working straight through uh, till this Friday, and then I work next week, and then I leave the end of next week. So I know it's going to be a crazy 10 days, but it's okay because I've got an end in sight. <laughs> You've got an end and a beautiful end in sight at the, as that. So enjoy your trip. And thank you again. And um, please stay in touch with us. I always am curious to see how your lives continue and anything that comes to your mind that could help our listeners. um, I'm happy to have you back on the show. Definitely. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for listening. Remember, we want to hear from you please email us at admin at sfdda.org. You might be the lucky listener to get one of our Ain't That the Tooth coffee mugs. Ain't That the Tooth is a production of the South Florida District Dental Association and directed and edited by Victoria Marrero. Our theme music was written and performed by our own Dr. Richard Mufson. We'd also like to thank our sponsors, Bank of America Practice Solutions, Service Tree, CareStream Dental, Hyosin, Dental Broker Florida, Florida Dental Association, and Florida Dental Association Services for making this production possible.